the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Hi, guys, and welcome to the Mess It Up Podcast. I'm your host, the Bowtie Guy. We are here for one more show. Uh, It's the second week of November. It is Election Day on the day that this comes out. And uh, we'll be talking a little bit about choices we make and stuff like that in the uh, next few minutes. I wish I said uh less, but I've noticed that I can't stop doing it as much as I think about it. It is show number 240, though. Wow, we're, we're getting close yeah, to 250, that's Bev. that's a lot. You can hear my, uh, my lovely wife, Bev, is joining us for the show today. Hi, again. friends. We are, again, with weather. There's wind outside, but mm-hmm. we are in California again. We're back from the islands. Thank you for taking your trip with us out there last week. Uh, for Halloween, and now that it is time to cast votes, I am glad that you have cast your vote for the Mess It Up podcast. Yay! Uh, hopefully, you are not feeling too beleaguered this week, which is our word of the week. You like how I work that in? And be- beleaguered is uh, uh, a difficult situation. It's being in a, a, a bad spot, or or maybe in a place surrounded by uh, armed forces trying to capture, or forces surrender, or be besieged. Is to be beleaguered, and. Uh, hopefully that's not where you are in life. But if it is, or if you can use that, your words in your sentences this week, give yourself 10 points every time you do. Uh, I was somewhere, oh, in, in the prison, uh, there's a guy um, in our class that loves to give himself bonus points. He's always oh, asking yes. for bonus points. Yes. Like, yes, there you go, mm-hmm. bonus points. Awesome thing to have. So beleaguered will get you 10 points every time you use it correctly in a sentence this week. We are... The Mess It Up podcast, we have some stuff uh, that we like to tell you, and part of it is how to get a hold of me or us. You can email bowtieguy at mess it up podcast, or you can also find us on social media, on Facebook and on Instagram and those kinds of things. Uh, we are there doing the social media thing. We're on Reddit. We have a subreddit called Messed Up Ministries. And you can also go to our website, messituppodcast.com, uh, and find out more about the show. If you would be so kind as to tell people about our show, maybe it's your family, maybe it's your friends, maybe you've got a group text that you belong to, just stick a link to the show in there to let people know about the show because we love to have more listeners. We love to get the message out to more and more people. That's one of my prayers that I pray every night is to just find more listeners for the show. We also are 100% listener supported. So that means the more listeners we have, the more opportunity we have for people to partner with us and become supporters of the show, become patrons of the show. Easy way to do that is to text the word mum, because mum's the word, to 760-WALLS-CA. And I always say it's to send more people into the walls of prisons in California, but now it's also to help us rebuild the walls of our new building. We are in escrow for our new Messed Up Ministries building in Ridgecrest, and we need help. So we are launching the Nehemiah Project. If you're not familiar with Nehemiah, he was a Israelite in Babylon, and when they came back, he was tasked with rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem and did it in an amazing way and in a record time, as my mom would say. So we are doing the Nehemiah Project to help rebuild the walls of our building because it's an old building with a lot of a lot of age. It's got quite a patina <laughs> yes, on it. And yes. so we would like to fix that. So we're looking for new people to come on board and sponsor us monthly. Uh, your uh, donations are all tax deductible. 
So if you know someone who's looking for a good end of the year donation before the new year, we would love to have that. Or if you would like to become one of our monthly supporters, that really helps. We love the monthly supporters because it is much easier for us to work on our budget that way. We know how much to count on and, and plan on. So thank you to all of our supporters who are there. We've got some cool things we're working on for uh, gifts for our supporters. So I've got uh, uh, you know some thank yous that will be coming in the weeks to come. And uh, we just, we're very, very thrilled to have all of you on board with us. If you want to give me a call because you think, hey, you could do something different with that show, Bowtie Guy. If you want to say, hey, I really like the show, Bowtie Guy. Or, you know what? Here's a song of the week that I'd like you to talk about. Or a word of the week. Or maybe a topic that you've got. Or maybe you yourself would like to share your story on the show. I'd love to have you call me or text me. My phone number is 760-608-1942. That gets you to this phone right there. My iPhone and uh, we just love to hear from you so stay in touch get in touch be in touch and right now let's move on with the show shall we Ben? we shall all right so uh, we were talking about things to talk about and as I as I looked at the fact that this is going to be election day when this comes out I was thinking about the choices that we make in life to do something, to not do something. And those choices can say a lot about our lives, the things that we opt into, the things that we opt out of. We were just watching a movie before we started this recording. And in the movie, the the main character was in a place that he didn't belong. And he found himself with people who he didn't belong with. And he witnessed some things that were not good. and. He had a choice to keep his mouth shut and just blend in or to say something. And he chose to say something which put his life in more danger. And in in our lives, we walk around having opportunities to call things out, to make note of stuff that's going on, to object or to support, to remain quiet or to let our voices be heard, to give a hug or to run away from a situation. And all of these choices speak to our character. They speak to our nature. And and sometimes we make choices that we're proud of, sometimes not. Uh, this last week, I made a choice and I was talking to Bev about it. I was talking to my accountability partners about it and saying that this choice, I would have said it was not in my character to make the choice that I made. And then I realized I made the choice. And so therefore it is part of my character. It's maybe not what I would have expected or or wanted to have done, but but I made this choice. And that got me thinking about uh, a concept that I heard on the radio from Francis Chan, who said, you know, when will people think they walked with Jesus when they walk with me? And how do I measure my success? Am I measuring my success with the right standard? You know, what is my standard for success? And I just wanted to kind of talk about that on the show today. So Bev, first of all, the idea of choices. Um, what what are some things that, that spring to your mind when I talk about choices to you in terms of making good choices, bad choices? Does your mind immediately go for good choices you've made or negative choices? Or how do you, how do you roll in on that idea of choices? Mm. Um, I don't know how to gauge my own life as to how many good choices per bad or bad per, uh, choices per good. But it's funny that you ask this question tonight because um, I've been reading Proverbs 
and it talks a lot about the choices that we make. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so cut and dried through the book of Proverbs. You know, it says when we make good choices, godly choices, and not all good choices are godly choices. They're just good choices that we can make simply for the sake of being a good person or something that's humanitarian. But anyway, it it really makes a sharp distinction between those who make good choices following God and not good choices not following God. Um, And I find that the older that I get, the less comfortable I am with making bad choices. I don't... um, I don't want to go back to the old choices that I used to make. Maybe that just means I'm I'm learning along the way. I'm hoping that I am. Mm-hmm. What does that discomfort look like, or what did comfort look like? What how, what is um, the difference? Can you can you give us any examples or for instances? Uh, poor choice. Tell cho- us the bad choices. <laughs> Not going to do that. Um, poor choices lead me to anxiety and um, depression and fear. Okay. And that was brought to my attention last night with a friend that I was meeting with who was pointing that out in my life that I often uh, talk about myself in ways that uh, uncover my fear. Okay. You know, and fear happens in my life when I allow it to by making a bad choice. Yeah. And it's, you know, we're always, like I said, we're always available to make choices and uh, and look at them I, I, I was thinking about being in Hawaii and, and making a lot of bad food choices mm. that I made and mm. I, I'm, I'm looking here we're sitting in our, our at our dining room table and I'm looking into the kitchen and there's a little you know hangy thing with bananas on it. I'm thinking man those bananas look really good right now I'd love to uh, have one of those bananas and uh, enjoy that banana and, and that might be a good choice it might be a bad you know I'm, I'm also thinking about the bag of chips that's in the cabinet <laughs> yeah uh and that's a bad choice so it's um yeah go ahead yeah i, I didn't want to interrupt your no, thought my you thought is crazy yeah well i was thinking one of the best things about being a human being on this earth is that god gave us choices the ability to choose but one of the worst things about being on this earth and living here is that we have choices to make. So either way, it can be hard that God gave us the freedom to make choices. But with that freedom, there's always either a consequence or a reward. Right. And sometimes yeah. we don't um, see what that is. I, I was watching one of my favorite shows is the show Scrubs and the choices that we make sometimes we see them in one way or we think that a person sees them in one way and if you're familiar with the uh, show Scrubs JD is always um, talking to his mentor Dr. Cox and Dr. Cox is usually berating him but we see at one point you know he's giving JD a bad time and JD's thinking man this guy doesn't like me and then Dr. Cox goes in and he talks. He says, yeah, there's this one intern that we have who really cares, probably cares too much. And sometimes we make choices and we think that other people are judging us in one way, but they're really not. They're they're approving of it, but 
because of my own self-judgment or mm-hmm. more uh, appropriately probably self-doubt, mm-hmm. I just assume that it's not, they're not approving of what I've done. Yeah, I I really do not understand the mind of God, obviously. You're right. Duh. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, this is Next. a no-duh zone. Yeah. Right. Um, but I do believe that knowing the character of God and getting to know his character even better by reading the Bible, um, I am discovering that there are those words, those scriptures that say um, all things work to the good of the one who is called according to the purpose, their purpose. And so does that mean that all things are good? No. It doesn't mean all things feel good. No. But I think that God has this incredible power and the ability to take our, our choices when we really are in the dark and we can't figure out what to do and still turning them in for good. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do. Um, and, yeah. and, and they say, you know, it, it, one of my favorite bands, band Rush, they say, if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. Right. You right. know, by, by, by staying on the sidelines, you've made a choice to just allow whatever that is to happen. If you choose not to vote, you're voting for whoever won the election. And, and, and sometimes it can be hard, especially to, uh, to say the right thing. It can be easy to sit on the sideline and watch an injustice sometimes. And and that's what happened to me last week is I was asked a question about my past. And I guess it's easier for me just to, to tell you my bad choice that I I was going through an interview process or a, a, a conversation on an interview process. But we're, we need to get insurance for our building. And the, the person from the insurance company was asking me a series of questions to get the paperwork started so that we could get a quote for insurance for our new building. And at the end, they said, well, you don't have any uh, any sex offenders on your your board or your group, do you? And it took me by surprise. And I was like, uh, no, knowing full well that that's me. And I lied about it. And I just, I was convicted about that. I just felt so, I was stunned that I did it. And he didn't say anything at the moment. And when we got off the phone, that guy hung up the phone and he went on vacation. So he's gone un- until later this week. And I won't be able to rectify that. And it's been, it's a mm. choice that has really made me look at myself. And like I said, my character, my my integrity. It, it I was, um, I was really let down by my choice that I made. And that's not a choice that would make right. people see Christ in me. And right. here I am trying to lead this Christ-centered ministry and another Christ-centered ministry and do the right things. And then I lie about something that is so easy to find out yeah. as a lie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we were talking earlier about um, me having this conversation with a friend. Um, I don't mind telling you, although I won't give you all the details, that uh, I was sharing my four-step inventory with my sponsor. And uh, the reason why I said what I said was because I don't see the patterns of my life. I don't see them. I I just live my life. I just <clears throat> take this step. And a lot of it is done by habit. A lot of it is done by just what I feel. A lot of it is done... Um, some of it's done out of my busyness. Mm-hmm. I just need to stay busy. I'm just that person. But um, she noticed that 
whenever I was feeling a certain way or um, acted in a certain way, uh, she could see the pattern in that. And she noticed, Bev, every time you say this, I notice that somewhere in the story, the word fear comes up. Mm. And I was like, no, I didn't know that. And she's been listening to my inventory for a very, very long time. And she said, I've been hearing this all the years that I've been listening mm. to you share. And I didn't see that as defeat. I saw that actually as a growth, that it was coming to the point where it was coming to a head. And a lot of the frivolous things had fallen away. A lot of the places where I was angry at others had fallen away and that God had broken those chains for me. But now it was just a battle with me and myself. Yeah. Um, and I was seeing, and I had, if that makes any sense, I'd brought it down to its smallest uh, what denomination or whatever so she could see the direct line between what I was saying what I was feeling, and then what I was exhibiting. Right. You know, and, it all makes kind of, sense. Um, <clears throat> it makes me think of on this Saturday, this past Saturday, we started in our Celebrate Recovery Insight group, one of the groups we're leading in the prison, we started on inventories. And I was telling them that this is why we do the inventory, so that when we share it with our sponsor, we can see those patterns. Because it's so easy for me not to notice the smells and aromas yeah. in my own house. What does yeah. my kitchen smell like? Because it's what it always smells like. And it's just habit. I get, you know, it's white noise. But you go into another person's house and you smell. I, I remember to this day, you know, I'm, I'm 54 years old and I can remember being about seven and going to my friend Hari's house, Hari Batka. Um, and uh, his mother was uh, German and his family was German and their house smelled different because they cooked a lot of sausage and onions and and they just cooked different food than we mm -hmm. had someone as soon as I walked in the door that first time I was like oh it smells different in here and I just remember that and I can I can go to that place immediately still I can just call that smell up and uh, that happens in my life that I don't see those patterns but someone else walks in and they're like oh well you know it's it's different to them so here now you can see this and it's just obvious because it's different to them and 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 so it, it helps to have other people yeah. jump into our lives. And, and and it's not that your sponsor is being a busybody or nosy oh, no. or meddling. It's you, you know you invited them in, but that invitation is so critical because it helps to see those things. When we go to the doctor and the doctor says, oh, we found that you had cancer. That's not bad news. Having cancer is bad news. We found that you have cancer. That's good news because now we can try to mm -hmm. do something mm -hmm. about it. So finding the thing, that's good. Having Very it, good. not necessarily good, but... But when you go to the doctor, you're already sick. The doctor didn't give you the cancer. Right. The doctor just identified it and made it so now we can have some sort of a, a, a plan. Well, the important question um, from her to me was, now, when you have this happen again, you have a choice to make. What choice are you going to make? That's yeah. what she asked me. So we're talking about choices. It all has to do with that. Um, so... The choices that we make are very, very important. And we might think at this point that they won't have a consequences, but my Bible says that um, if you make poor choices or what we might correlate to sin, our sins will find us out. They will lead us down a path that's not good. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and, and in those bad paths, we can still find redemption. We can Thank still God. find good. We can find grace. 
And the song of our our song of the week is a song that I honestly had to look and check. I cannot believe that I have not done this me song. Neither, and we're on show 240. But this song is a song from Mercy Me called Bring the Rain. So I'm going to play some of it for you. And we will talk about it on the other side of the break. So right now, here's 90 seconds of Mercy Me with Bring the Rain. Change who I forever am in you. Since my life was changed Long before these rainy days It's never really ever crossed my mind To turn my back on you, oh Lord My only shelter from the storm But instead, I draw closer through these times Mercy Me with Bring the Rain. What, what do you got on that one there, Miss Bev? Um, I'm not sure if the audio portion of this um, collected that these words. It, it got, yeah. I think, right before. Right at the beginning yeah. of it. No, no, no. Okay. no I think it, it said it right before we came in. Oh, okay. Um, but I love, well, I love the song, first of all. Um, and every time I sing it, it really kind of convicts me and makes me look at my life real deeply. But um, I love the question um, that it asks, the question just amazes me, can circumstances possibly change who I forever am in you? Um, the entire planet, including me, I believe, walks around asking ourselves all day, every day, um, who am I? What am I doing? What's my purpose? You know, why am I here? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Did I make mistakes today? Um, uh, how do people see me? It, there's just a million questions that go through my head every day. But the one thing that I know that I can count on is that my circumstances don't make me me. And my circumstances cannot even come close to um, affecting my relationship with my walk with Jesus. So no matter what I encounter in my lifetime or even in the next hour, it won't change who I am in Christ. That, um, that price has already been paid and God knows my identity and I know my identity and nothing else can change it. It's just like the scripture that says that nothing can separate us from mm -hmm. the love of God. And it goes on to list everything under the sun. Yeah. And it says nothing, right. nothing. Yeah, and this song has a, a lot of deep meaning to me. I, I remember the first time I 
I can't remember the first time I heard the song necessarily, but the first time I remember hearing this song where it made an effect on me, we were at Fish Fest back in the early, mid-late aughts, I guess. Uh, and it was down a, a, an all-day music festival down in Orange County, and Mercy Me was one of the bands that played, and they came out and did this song. And this was long before the, I can only imagine, movie had come out, so we didn't know all that story of his life, but he talked about difficulties gone through and difficult difficulties that he has gone through words are tough uh, and that those difficulties grew him to be stronger and, and and made him go through and so I would listen to this song when I would do the relay for life 24-hour marathon for uh, cancer American Cancer Society I worked with our Starbucks team and we would do the 24-hour thing and it was easy to get people to walk at you know noon on Saturday <laughs> But 2 a.m. on Sunday morning can be a difficult shift to fill. And so we, you know, the concept of the relay is you always have someone from your team out on the track. So I would be the person who would fill in whenever there wasn't someone out there. I would just go out and walk. And so at night they would have, we were at the track at the college and we'd walk around and they had lights on, but they would turn all the field lights off at midnight. And it would just be a few lights just to illuminate the track a little bit, but it wasn't, you know, really bright everywhere. And so it was just sort of, quiet usually very calm and peaceful it was october early october so the the night was kind of uh, comfortable and i would just contemplate things and i would think about my dad who i lost to cancer and i would just put this song on my walk my walkman my ipod yeah. on loop and listen to it but there's a a line in it that jumped out at me this last Friday when we sang this song at our worship night at Celebrate Recovery. And it says, long before these rainy days, it's never really ever crossed my mind to turn my back on you, O oh Lord. And I thought to myself, that's just not true for me. Mm -hmm. That I have. And I think because of the 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 lie that I told with the insurance that that I, I saw that as me turning my back on the truth, which is turning my back on what's right, which is me jumping to sin, which is turning my back on the Lord. And I thought, I do think about that. Mm -hmm. And I do get sometimes so very discouraged that I just want to give up and just think, can't I just give up? And I know that that happened with Christ in the garden. Lord, is there another way? And and I've I've been there before and I've I've not gotten to the point where I have given up, but it has crossed my mind. Can't I just give up? Can't I just, can't this just be done? Can we be done with this this misery, this groundhog day of repetition of disappointments and discouragements? But then when I don't give up, when I do stay, then I get to my favorite part of the song at the end is, what I call the holy, holy, holies. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and it, it just, and it doesn't get into this in the piece that we played there, but it just says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And it just kind of repeats that several times. And when we do it, I love that because it's one of those marinate moments yes. where we can just marinate in that. And, and when I do find the strength to trust in God, he does have the... Um, repetitious tenacity to never give up on me. Yes. Um, 
I said earlier when I was describing my favorite part of the song that um, this song can convict me. Um, and I I don't know, when I look around me and I observe people, uh, and I'll just use the, um, the example of Christian friends who go through some terrible, horrible, hard, hard, you know, challenges in life. And I ask myself, could I go through that challenge and still continue to hold on to my faith? Mm-hmm. I do wonder about that. When I was a youngster, I used to hear stories about, you know, missionaries being killed for their faith or, you know, places where um, martyrs were suffering for Jesus. And I would think, gosh, would I really have the character to do that? Um, and I think that's why that song sometimes convicts me because. I feel like it takes very little to throw me off some days mm-hmm. when I feel weak. Um, but anyway, but then we come back to the answer, which is, let me find it here. Um, it says, uh, where was where was your part that you liked, Paul? Uh, I'm I, right up here, up at the oh, top. Oh, um, okay. So it says, it's never really ever crossed my mind. And then the next line is, to turn my back on you, O Lord, and here's the, the answer, my only shelter from the storm. And Jesus is going to walk beside us whether or not we acknowledge him. So if you, you know, if I think that I might be able to do this challenge on my own and I want to turn my back on Jesus, Jesus is still there. So at any point, if I figure out, hey, Bev, this is dumb. Why are you trying to do this on your own? All I have to do is turn back around and grab for Jesus. He'll yeah. be right there. And it's sort and, of that Lieutenant Dan song. I always think of mm-hmm. Lieutenant Dan and Forrest Gump. Like, is that all you got? Yeah. And yeah. you know, in the chorus, it says, "You know, I'm yours regardless of the the, you know, the, well, no. I know there'll be days when this life brings pain, but if that's all it takes to praise you, then Jesus bring the rain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can pray that. I can sing this. I can think this. I can preach this when I'm doing well. <laughs> yes. But when I'm in the storm, sometimes I'm not praising Jesus for the storm and thanking him for the night. Sometimes I'm just like, please make this stop. And I can look back and say, I am so glad that I went through that. I am so glad that I was incarcerated. And for what I went through by being incarcerated has grown me in so many ways that would not have happened right. if I hadn't gone through that because I just would have been focused on different things. But I wasn't saying thanks when I was behind those bars all the time. I, I did find times when I could, but but when I get down, sometimes I, I get defeated and I don't say thank you, God, for this pain and thank you for the lesson that's coming and thank you for tempering me and thank you for making me stronger and thank you in advance for getting me through this. I just think, please, God, let this in. Yeah, I don't think it was last week that I talked about this. Uh, let's see, last week I was not your guest, was I? You were, actually. Was I? Okay. Oh, no. So, yes, yes, you okay. were. It was two weeks before. Okay, well, you know what? Th- this just proves we don't always talk about this before we get on the air. Um, but anyway. Mess the, it up. <laughs> yeah, right. There was one uh, gentleman in our um, prison fellowship class who, while we were gone to Hawaii, right before we left, we were under the impression that he might be going home soon, and he was under the same impression. And when we returned back last week, he was still there. 
And um, I looked at him, and he looked at me, and I said, so you didn't get to go home yet, did you? He said, no. And I said, and how do you feel about that? And he said, well, I had my head down for a while, and then I decided God must still have something for me to learn here. And if I went home when I thought I was going home, I would have missed that. And I thought, who can say that? Yeah. Who can say that? Only a person with complete love, trust, and devotion to the one who sees the future. Yes. That that knows that God's got him no matter where he is and that he's all about the plan that he has, you know, the course he had laid out for us. And, um, man, I want to be like that. Mm-hmm. I want to rest in that truth, the truth. It's not what Satan will tell us, folks. It is not. No. But but the Bible tells us over and over, and I see it in other people's lives who will share it with me, like this one inmate, you know, that God knows what he's doing, and when we come up on a hard path in our lives, the first question we should be asking is, what do you need for me to learn in this, God? Because um, I'm just foolish enough to think that if I don't get the message the first time, God just might have to keep putting that same, hmm. you know, trial in front of me to get it. Well, I mean, those are human words. It's kind of what I would do if my kids didn't get it. Right. But I know God's um, plans are much higher and much more loving than mine are. But uh, anyway, I thought that was a cool story to share. And that does have a lot to do with choices because at that moment, he could have chosen, is this going to make me bitter? Is this going to make me violent? Is this going to make me do something stupid that'll put me in here longer? Or is this something that I can learn from and also be a more vibrant testimony for Jesus Christ to those that are watching me? Yeah, bitter or better Yeah, is another one of the choices we have. And and it's it all, for me, a lot of it boils down to my choice of which voice am I going to listen to? Which, which story am I going to hear? My friend Mark would always say, tell yourself a better story, man. Mm-hmm. Tell yourself a yeah. better story. There's a better story out there than the one that you're telling yourself. And that's the one that you need to start telling yourself. And I, I'm not always good at that. I'm yeah. also not always good at uh, paying attention to the time. But I looked at the time now. And I, I, this is what I love about doing this show with you, Bev. We were talking. We always talk about what are we going to talk about. And so I, I threw out the, the, the Francis Chan thought. We really didn't get a chance to talk no, about we that. Didn't. She said, "Well, will we be able to talk about that for half an hour?" I was like, "Let's just start the rolling the uh, the tape and see what happens." Can I can I share a scripture here? Well, it, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, you're not going to stop me, are no. you? Um, well, we we started out talking a little bit about you know Francis Chan's comment, and um, we were also going to talk about how people see us that way and what we think people encounter when they encounter us, but. Um, I remember when I was a little girl, my mom would always say, um, time to get ready to go to church on Sunday morning. And of course, it's what we always did. So we didn't argue. We knew that was what we needed to do. But she would say throughout the week, you know, we always want to be in church because our neighbors expect for our car to be gone on Sunday morning because they know that we're in church. And so I was thinking, well, what does that have to do with this today that we're talking about? And I found a scripture in Proverbs 22, and it says, A sterling reputation is better than striking it rich. A gracious spirit is better than money in the bank. And I thought, 
Okay, right there, that just tells us because people are always watching us. There's always someone looking at us and we wanna make sure that we're making the choices that will point to being a Christ follower, not the choices that point. And that makes the, the choice pretty obvious because we don't have the money in the bank, so we better have Amen. that gracious spirit. Amen, <laughs> amen. But it's why we do what we do. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. Uh, it's, I, I will always tell people I'm a rich, poor man <laughs> and uh, I'm not financially well off, but I am spiritually, uh, you know, ridiculously wealthy. Yes, sir. So yes, sir. Uh, thank, thank God for that. And I thank God for you people. Uh, thank you for listening to us. Thank you for sharing the show with us. Thank you for praying for the ministry and for the show. Yes. Thank you for supporting the show uh, financially. Uh, don't forget, mum's the word. Text mum to 760-WALLS-CA and you can become a monthly supporter for us and help become a rebuilder for Messed Up Ministries building. We, we're trying to come up with a clever name for it. Um, so far, I haven't come up with anything better than just Messed Up Ministries building. But uh, <laughs> that's what we're looking to do is to, to get that thing and, and have it be a, a beacon of hope yes. in Ridgecrest. So thank you, everybody, for being on this journey with us. we got two shows until Thanksgiving week. Oh, it's, wow. It's crazy. I record next week's show, and then the, the show after that is Thanksgiving Good, week, week show. Get ready to buy your turkey, people. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you're in Ridgecrest, uh, get ready to have leftovers and bring them to our Celebrate Recovery Day After Thanksgiving feast. Uh, once Thanksgiving rolls around, we know that that means Christmas time is is upon us and the new year and the, the time just keeps clicking away faster and faster. So we'll be here. Hopefully you'll be here. And I don't have anything to say other than I guess we'll see you next time we mess it up. Bye-bye. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. <laughs>